0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another a special edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast. How are you doing today, JB? Doing good, Wes. How about yourself? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was great, and we're on this holiday edition of the Fantasy Magnet Show. It's been very chaotic. This week has been very chaotic, always is for a bread man, but you know, um, the, the, uh, the holidays are very fun and entertaining as well. The other night, my littlest one, the five-year-old, I have a desk, and this is kind of where I just do my podcasting thing. It's 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 a school desk because my my kids are homeschooled and stuff. But we kind of clear it out, and this is where I do the podcast. Okay. And the other night I was kind of just chilling in the bed because the desk is in in the bedroom area and stuff like that. The next thing I knew, she came over here and hopped up in the chair, and she started saying and, and, and pretending into the microphone, "Hey JB, how? Hey JB, how are you, JB?" <laughs> J- nice. JB. We got
1: a we got a future
0: host. <laughs> JB, uh going over here, and we're doing this and the dog. JB, and... <laughs> yeah. too cute. She said at one point. I, I don't know how to post this video. I started recording it with the S4, but you know I, I get technical difficulties whenever it's the S4. I tried oh. sending it to you. It said, "Are you kidding me?" That's what the phone <laughs> the phone said. Are you kidding me? It, it said. It, but she said at one point. She said, uh, J- "JB." You're my best friend, JP.
1: So, <laughs> <that> w- <laughs> Too cute. You got to figure out a way to get that video out, man. Too yeah, cute. yeah. We uh, got a future sh- host on our hands. I love <laughs> it.
0: Well, she has all these little dolls, the little people dolls and stuff, and uh, she's named one of them Uncle Johnny because John Frisella, and he likes to he likes for me to talk to him about the girls or to the girls about him as saying Uncle Johnny. I I don't know what that, but <laughs> and, and then Pierre and Wee, you know, so so she has little dolls and she'll make them talk to each other, and those are some of the names.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> See, the fantasy impact today network having a fantasy impact on your child. Look at that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, you're going to have to pick me up on stuff I haven't even said Fantasy Impact Today Network I haven't said anything it, Look, it's it's Friday morning um, I'm getting a hold of my second cup of coffee We're doing this really early in the morning Kind of, it seems like, for a podcast Really out of my element, really out of it So I've got a million windows pulled up Feel like I'm unprepared for this show But I know we're going to talk about repelling And we're going to talk about people that we are attracted to For this Fantasy Magnet uh, podcast Here on week number, what, 12? Are we in week 12 of the NFL season? Wow.
1: It's almost playoff time, Wes.
0: Playoffs, playoffs, <laughs> and that's about like, playoffs, playoffs. Play, are uh, uh, yeah. We play to win the game, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> always was- play to win the game, Wes. We always play <laughs> to win the game, and that's what I wrote in in my sexy flexies article. Is that even if you're not mathematically eliminated, you have a shot. You played to win the game. You play to win, and even if you are out of the playoffs. You play spoiler, and you and I have talked about that a couple of weeks ago on here. You know, you want to beat that top team. There's a league that I'm in with the sideline squib guys that my team is just not very good. But there's this one dude in the league who talks so much smack. He's undefeated. His team isn't even that great. He's, just, he's, he's had some good matchups at the right time, and he talks so much smack, and that's who I'm playing this week. So this is my Super Bowl, and it would mean more to me to beat him and shut his mouth for the week than to even make the playoffs in that league, which I still have an outside shot at, but I just want to beat this dude this week. And I I would hope that the people that are listening to this have that same type of mentality because, like you said,
0: Wes, you play to win the game. Well, not only that, but even if you are mathematically out of it or you think you are not only can you play that spoiler the role but listen a lot of times we are in these uh uh, these 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 leagues with people that we know and even if we don't know them there are people who have put hard effort into trying to play each week make the right moves and all those things and if you just kick it to the curb and you don't even set your lineup that's really not that's not that's not fair You know, I mean it's not fair to the rest of the guys. You you go all the way through it. It'd be like a kid sitting there and taking a monopoly game just because you're down to the last five hundred bucks or something and just kind of saying, Here, you guys just take the rest of this 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 money. I'm just gonna put it here in the middle into park place and whoever lands on it goes to jail gets gets the money or something. You know, it's just not it's not fair all the way through.
1: Yeah, you got to keep the integrity of the league, especially like you said, leagues that you're in with friends and family and coworkers and whatever. You know, a lot of people have been in leagues for many, many years, so it's always yeah. good to keep the integrity of the league and do the mm-hmm. right thing even if you're if you're having a bad season. In our friends and family league, we have a penalty for last place. So last place has to basically pay for the trophy for the first place uh, team. So my sister-in-law and my friend are facing each other this week and both only have one win. So as much uh, as they're both out of it, this is a battle for avoiding the penalty. So, like, there's still things to do that can keep people into it, even at these late stages. But, I mean, just the pride factor of not wanting to come come in last would probably do it just as well.
0: I, yeah, no, totally, 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 totally. But uh, go ahead and play out the rest of this year. It's always exciting. Fantasy football is exciting. And whenever it's over... I bet you wish it wasn't. So that just go ahead and keep playing out these last weeks here before it's all said and done. JB, let me remind everybody they can follow you on Twitter at FantasyCoachJB. They can find me on Twitter as well, at It And don't forget to follow the show at Today with a little underscore there. And share this show with your friends and your family. And you you, you. FitFam have done a great job at doing that. The podcast keeps growing, and there's ways that we want to be able to reward you and pay you back for being a part of this podcast and this Fantasy Magnet show and all the other shows that are here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And one of the ways we did that, JB, was the ultimate breakfast giveaway that we had with one of our partners at Mugs Fly Away. And, and uh, when we did that, or mugs I'm sorry mugs fly away. mugs don't fly away, they fly <laughs> together. I'm sorry <laughs> at mugsflytogether.com you can find all those different mugs there and I don't know if you've checked this out or not yet JB, because this was on a different podcast where we gave one of these things away. but they just have a lot of cool sayings on these coffee mugs. you know there's a there's a Philly special coffee mug where the play is drawn up. And there's another one that says, I like football and maybe four people, right? You know, just, <laughs> just, just different things like that that are on there. And we appreciate everybody who uh, signed up for that Ultimate Breakfast giveaway. But what we want to do here on the Fantasy Magnet podcast is not only do we want to give away a mug from, at, from Mugs Fly Together. You can find them on Twitter, at Mugs Fly Together, of course. And, but we also want to give away something else, JB. One of my favorite things in the world. That is one of those jersey kind of shirts. I call them a jersey. I don't know what it actually is. It's not a, like a jersey jersey or anything, but it's one of the Fantasy magnet shirts where it has those long sleeves, a t-shirt with long sleeves. I love those kind of shirts.
1: Yeah, I think they call it baseball style. Um, and they actually looked recently on the website on VeridianGlobal.com. If you click on the Football Collective section, the Fantasy Magnets are now officially have a link in the Football Collective. So you can see the white t-shirt, the black t-shirt, and the baseball shirt, which what you're talking about, right, by clicking on Football Collective and Fantasy Magnets.
0: Well, I, I love that, uh, what'd you call it? A baseball shirt. Okay, I love the baseball shirt. That is, that is like my favorite. I had, a, I had a USC shirt like that whenever I was a kid. At least it was USC colors, so it had that maroon and that yellow and look your favorite color you don't choose it it chooses you, right? (laughs) And and there's nothing you can do about it. And I just loved the way that looked. And I had one of those shirts, and I think I wore that thing every single day, you know? (laughs) Nice. Nice. So so I've got one of those Fantasy Magnet shirts like that on the way for me. And I was sitting there thinking, you know what I want to do? I want to do this with both of our partners. I want to be able to give away something here on the Fantasy Magnet podcast. So at Mugs Fly Together on Twitter, you can find it over there. They have a pinned tweet that leads them over to the website, and you can look at all the different mugs that are there. And also – Viridian Global. You can head over there as well, and you can find us over there. And I think, JB, you still have it as a pin tweet on your Twitter handle, at Fantasy Coach JB, on how to order that magnet gear. So you can order that, that magnet gear. You can also order a mug over there. For the mugs, you can type in FIT10, 10, FIT10. 10 and receive 10% discount off of any mug that you find, that you want to buy there, and it also helps go to the show a little bit. They, they also give us a little kickback there, so you're helping support the show, getting a great mug at the same time, but in order to enter the contest, JB, you know what they're going to have to do?
1: What do they got to do, Wes?
0: They're going to have to follow you. They're going to have to follow me. They're going to have to post what kind of mug they want OK, so what kind of mug they want, because there's so many to choose from here with all different kinds of things. There's a golfing mug. There's that Philly mug. Like I said, there's all those different sayings on there as well. So they're going to have to do those things. Uh, and, and and when they do that, then they will be entered into the contest. It's really simple. Follow at Mugs Fly Together, follow Fantasy Coach JB, follow at it, and then just tell me which mug you want. And that, and that way you'll be entered into this contest. That's simple enough, right? Very simple
1: and very cool. Give the people a chance to win. We always love giving people a chance to win. We did the hat giveaway earlier, and Michael loves his hat, so... These cool things are are, our way of saying thank you to the listeners for all your support. You guys have really been great in supporting the Fantasy Magnets, listening to the show. And, you know, I get a lot of feedback from my friends. I don't know if you get any messages, Wes, but it's great. Like people messaging me saying that they're enjoying the show. and, And that's what it's all about, man. We're here for you guys.
0: Yeah, and make sure you message your friends and tell them about the Fantasy Magnet Podcast or the Fantasy Impact Today Network. We just really do appreciate all of your support, and so we look forward to participating in that contest with you. JB, i got a couple questions for you. Okay. I, you know, I, I know you are a fantasy football savant, right? But I don't know if you necessarily I, – I, I get lost Right? Preparing for shows, podcasts, do, p- playing around on Twitter, just doing things like that. I get lost in the actual fantasy football statistics and who might be on top of things, right? Because I'm looking at matchups and I'm looking at what I got to do to win my weeks, trying to give people advice on how to win the week. But I don't necessarily, I, I, I forget about the big picture sometimes, right? So let me ask you this who is the highest, it's a half point PPRs, all right, half point PPR leagues. Who is the highest point total quarterback? Who is leading the league in half-point PPRs for quarterbacks?
1: Half-point PPR. Well, for quarterback, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray is correct. Very
0: good job. Very All good right. job. He has 329 fantasy points. And just behind him is somebody, and I don't know if you would suspect that he'd be right there. Uh, who, who do you think is number two?
1: Mm, I would have to guess Russ.
0: That is correct as well. At 328, not very far behind Kyler Murray. I wonder if the same amount of games played are is, is right there. I, th- I think uh yeah, they gotta be. They gotta be. And yep. who do you think who do you think is number three? Hmm. Mahomes? That is co- you won two three. You're wow. cheating. You're wow. You're cheating. Baby. How am I cheating?
1: I don't know. I was I yeah, was actually I'm gonna right. guess. I was going to guess Josh Allen. I thought maybe his his early season uh, huge games would have put him up there, but I think Mahomes just, I don't know. Mahomes is Mahomes. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, Deshaun Watson is fourth. I think that might be including his game from this week. I'm not positive on that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is fifth. Can you believe that? One of the first? The very first guy that we wouldn't look at as being like the mobile quarterback, but he's sitting at 295 fantasy points, and then comes in Josh Allen and Tom Brady with 276. Just a big fall off after that, right there. And Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert is right under Tom Brady, and we know that he missed that very first game, maybe second game. I can't, I can't remember how many Tyrod Taylor played, but he's right there.
1: Nice, nice. That's yeah. that's. Uh, imagine how that feels for the kid to be coming in. As a kid who wasn't even a starter in the beginning of the year and being mentioned in the same breath and on the same leaderboard as Kyler, Russ, Mahomes, Rogers, Brady. That's got to be pretty cool for him.
0: That is cool. All right, give me the top running back, JB. And don't look at your computer this time. No,
1: I'm, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I, I would figure it would be Dalvin Cook.
0: Uh, Dalvin Cook is correct. Sitting on top of the world at 228 points. And let's not forget. He missed a game, right?
1: Yep. Yep. All right.
0: Number two.
1: Number two. See, half PPR has me wondering. Because if it was full PPR, I would say almost definitely Kamara. Um, half PPR might be Derrick Henry, but he's had some bad games too. I'll guess Kamara.
0: Kamara is correct, sitting at 223 fantasy points, just five points behind Dalvin Cook. And he, you know, Kamara had a, a a pretty bad game last week. He got salvaged by being able to score a touchdown, but didn't. That's the first game ever. Was that the first game ever? He, he didn't have a receiving uh, a reception, a reception at all.
1: Yep, yep, Great. crazy. Uh,
0: uh, give me, give me number three. I'll
1: go Henry then, because I was. You're right on Henry, top of things, yeah.
0: boy. If you were to ask me these questions, this would be a train wreck. You know, I mean, people would be <laughs> giggling and laughing. They're impressed by you. I, there's no way. There's no. I may have gotten one or I probably. I may have done better than I think. But Derek Henry is right. 176 fantasy points. Uh, that's about how many carries he has per game as well. All right, so that's.
1: <laughs> well, uh, that's why I guess him just on the volume alone, even though he's had some down games. I mean, the guy gets the rock.
0: Yeah, After that, that, it gets tricky, though. I, <sighs> I'll give them to you because we could be here all day. Gibson. Gibson is number. But that they're going to include yesterday's game in that one. So Gibson is right there at 165. Robinson. Robinson is wow. right there at 158 fantasy points, and then Josh Jacobs at 155, and and believe it or not, and this is including yesterday, but I think it was only three fantasy points yesterday, Ezekiel Elliott is still right there, right below Josh Jacobs and ahead of Aaron Jones, who has missed a couple of games.
1: Yeah, see, I would think that Aaron Jones would be a top three or four option had he not missed those games. Especially with the landscape of the running back position this year. I mean, think about it. All these years, you see McCaffrey, you see, you know, Saquon and Zeke and all those guys up there at the top. Not this time. Not this time. You got James Robinson, who was a waiver wire ad by most people, Mm -hmm. at the top four. Pretty cool this year. Pretty cool if you were able to get him.
0: I'm sorry. I'm getting distracted. Uh, uh, Tompkins just did a victory lap around me just now with that zero (laughs) RB. Uh, number number one on the wide receiver radar. JB. Number one's
1: got to be Devonta Adams, right?
0: Yes, and he's missed a couple of games too, hasn't he?
1: Uh, he did, but he he made up for them with like, you know, 100 reception games after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's sitting on top of the board at 176. This guy, that is number two guy, has been healthy all year. Who is that? DK Metcalf? No. Your, <sighs> first, your first miss.
1: Ah, who would it be? Oh, Keenan Allen? No, it's half point. Uh, Keenan Allen? No. Who
0: the heck could it be? Adam Thielen? No. Who is it? It It's Tyreek Hill. Oh, wow. Tyreek Hill is number two at 174.
1: You know what? A couple of big weeks these last few weeks definitely propelled him up there. So, Yep, yep, makes sense.
0: No, that and I wouldn't have thought that either. And I never think of Tyreek Hill as being that guy. Whenever I see somebody take him, you know, uh, late first round, early second round, depending on how deep the draft is, of course, I always think, ah, oh, Ty- Tyreek never pays off. And then at the end of the year, I always look there and I'm like, okay, he did pay off, he is, but yeah. In, in years past, it's always big games, but he's really finding a way to find a lot of targets each and every week now.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's an established go-to guy. The outside receivers have been hurt so they've been in and out of the lineup so you know Mahomes needs a guy to rely on and that's Tyreek for him.
0: Will Fuller's coming in at number 3 of course with that big game that he had yesterday this is a contract year i started thinking about this yesterday as i watched Will Fuller on the sideline kind of stretching out a little bit and i was like uh oh is Will Fuller time is Will Fuller going to get hurt right here is he is he feeling a little bit banged up and this year he's played so well and he hasn't missed a lot of time if he's only missed, if he's missed any time. I think he's maybe missed a game, possibly, uh, not not very much at the beginning of this year. But next yeah. year, next year, he's going to have a new contract. And then I wonder if we don't see, Yeah, it, it's. I have a guy, Tim Tim Zimmerman, he, he's a good buddy of mine, and he always says, I hate taking guys after they sign a contract. And I think Will Fuller is going to fall into that category for him. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I don't know
1: that. Houston's not going to bring in a a one wide receiver for Deshaun anyway. Like I'd love to see, I saw somebody tweeted out yesterday. I'd love to see Allen Robinson with Deshaun next year.
0: Oh man. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I can't go there right now. DK, <laughs> DK Metcalf is next at 162 and Adam Thielen sitting there at 158 fantasy points. All right, JB, give me a, give me a crack. This is going to be hard. Who's the best tight end in the league? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is correct and whenever you think about it he has 162 fantasy points which would put him right above DK Metcalf so he would be the third best wide receiver if you wow. exclude Will Fuller's week last week isn't that crazy
1: wow that is crazy
0: so if if they have to put quarterback tag on Taysom Hill they need to put a wide receiver tag on <laughs> Travis Kelsey cuz yep. the next uh, who's the next tight end who's the next who's the second best tight end Well, it's not Kittle since he's been injured for weeks. Um, I'd have to go Darren Waller. Darren Waller is correct. Coming in at 109 fantasy points. Think about that. You got Travis Kelsey sitting on top at 162. Darren Waller at 109. And the rest of the group is right there in that neighborhood as well, as far as the elite tight ends go, JB. So just looking at that, what a draft day. I guess, a a winner it is whenever you pick Travis Kelsey, the the thing always is, do you want to spend up for one that high?
1: Yeah, and that's always been the question, but it's kind of been like having two tight ends at this point. The landscape of the tight end position, you talk about the disparity in points between Kelsey and the next group of tight ends, so if you did pay that premium to get him in the second round, third round, it's paying off for you, because the rest of us are sitting here scrambling, playing rotating tight ends, so...
0: Yeah, I, 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 I'm not even going to comment on that one, JB. Thoughts went through my head, but uh, I have not dissolved my second cup of coffee yet, so I'm going to leave that comment alone. T.J. Hawkinson is number three, but we got to throw him out of that window because he just, you know, he he scored yesterday a lot of points. I guess we don't, though. I mean, only what 10, 12 fantasy points yesterday.
1: I would put him as my number three. I mean, if I'm ranking the tight ends right now, it's Kelsey Walla Hawkinson.
0: Yeah, and and he's been benefited uh he's he's had some benefit from Galladay being out and amadola being out the last couple of games so Hawkinson is number three who do you think is number four
1: no idea um, really?
0: don't, don't overthink it
1: I would think Hunter Henry but probably not
0: Hunter Henry's around eight there nine got 82 fantasy points. Mark Andrews comes in at a hundred wow. fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: even with the disappointing season, seeing a down year, he's still a top four tight end, and and that just goes to show you what a mess this
0: position is. Yeah. Uh, number eight is uh, Dalton Schultz. Number nine is still George Kittle after missing all this time at 79 fantasy points. And your guy Gronk is sitting there at number 10 right now. And and I, I said that because I wanted to go a little bit out of order. So one is Kelsey Waller, Hawkinson, Andrews. And then number four, JB, is Johnu Smith. At 96 fantasy points. Yuck. See? Goes to tell you what a mess this position is. (laughs) (laughs) That a blocking tight end could be a top five option. Look at that. I I bet you you would never get number five. And so I'm just going to tell you who it is. And your jaw is going to drop. Because first of all, this goes against everything that we've been taught as fantasy football analysts. And when we went to fantasy football analyst school, one of the things they said was, do not ever trust a tight end in a rookie season. Right? That's the number one thing they tell you. I mean, I mean, it's, that's, that's like the top of the thing. Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon comes in right under John New Smith above Hunter Henry at 91 fantasy points, JB. Unbelievable. With one good game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's and, and well and well he had another good game last week. I think anyway he caught a touchdown last week and I think I did say that last week. I'm not positive. But, no, uh, we did.
1: We talked about it here. And we <laughs> said that he was going to. And we called that yeah. one.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know Logan Thomas has been a he's at seventy five. Noah Fant seventy five. Uh, uh, Harris. What's the same Hurst? Hurst. I'm just going to call him Hurst because Aiden it's Hurst. Early. Hayden Hurst is at 77, and believe it or not, Jimmy Graham is sitting at 77 fantasy points. Uh, that's amazing to me. Whenever I look at these standings, what the uh, it, it, it almost seems like the tight end position. If we're gonna people want to talk about getting rid of field goal kickers, maybe they need to talk about getting rid of tight ends as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Jeff Radcliffe talks about that all the time. Like he hates the tight end position because it's basically you know you look at after those top couple tight ends, and your tight end is a guy who's gonna go three for 32. And if he catches a touchdown, he gets you all the points. If he doesn't catch a touchdown, he gets you those couple of points. And it's the same thing every week. It's just like a, a random who's going to score the touchdown thing. And that's really what it's come down to outside of those top few options.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. All right let's get into some football we have some start sit questions that we're going to get into a little bit later on in the show don't forget to participate in that at mugs fly together and the fantasy magnet podcast giveaway okay I got I, I I, we didn't have it I didn't have a catchy name for that one I didn't have a catchy name for that mugs and magnets is that good mugs and magnets love it all right. That's, that's a good one. All right. So let's get into these football games and we'll talk about people that we are repelled against or that we are attracted to. The first game on our docket, JB, are the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots. Uh, thankfully, Kyler Murray who we've just talked about being on top of that leaderboard, has had 10 days, I believe, to be able to rest that shoulder. He says that he's fine. They haven't even talked about him not starting this game, so I'm going to trust that he's going to be in here. And, you know, he's going against a New England Patriot defense who really is about middle of the pack nowadays. They're not quite the New England Patriot defense that we have thought of in the past, and I can expect that Kyler Murray, I am going to be very attracted to him.
1: Yeah, I am. And and I'm attracted to that whole offense. Because like you said, that Patriots defense doesn't scare me like it used to in years past. So I'm definitely going to be attracted to Murray. I'm attracted to Hopkins. I'm attracted to Kirk. Kirk is a little boomer bust. But I think that... It's a good matchup for him. The New England secondary is not the same as it used to be. Gilmore will probably be on Hopkins for a lot of the time, which still doesn't repel me away from Hopkins. I think Hopkins is better than Gilmore at this point in their career. So, um, you know, I I like both options there. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I heard Larry Fitzgerald is on the COVID list.
0: That's correct.
1: So I think that there might be a little sneaky Andy Isabella option in there for you if you want to pay down on DFS. Um, And even the running backs, as much as we hate that, that Drake and Edmonds combo, they're usable this week.
0: Yes, they are. And, and, you know, you say hate, I don't, uh, I love my little Kenny Drake. I just don't like him on my fantasy team anymore. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) that's why he's sitting on the curb right now for me. Actually, somebody's picked him up in the league and, and keeps trying to make me mad about it, but I don't, I've, I've, I've let it go. JP, i have let it go. But yeah, Andy Isabella is definitely going to be somebody who you could play in there. And it looks to me like the matchups aren't that great for a Christian Kirk or an Andy Isabella. We're always going to want to start DeAndre Hopkins, and I think you have to, but he's had a couple of disappointing weeks as well. And last week, now, it was kind of surprising that Cam Newton went away from Jacoby Myers. Was that just a one-week wonder, or can we trust that he's going to be looking for Bird again?
1: No, it was the matchup, and we talked about it on the air. I played Demir Bird in every one of my DFS lineups, and he helped me make a lot of money. And because we talked about it, Wes, it's going to be Jacoby Myers getting the Bradley Roby shadow, and we always like to attack Vernon Hargraves on the other side of that. And sure enough, Demir Bird had Vernon Hargraves, and that's where they attacked, and that's where Cam Newton went to. And Demir Bird on that long touchdown over-the-shoulder catch, guess who he burnt? Vernon Hargraves. So that's what it was. I mean, you had Myers in, in shadow coverage from Roby. So Cam is a smart veteran quarterback, look to exploit the weaker cornerback. And that's why we saw the Demir Bird big game. Now, I think that they can both still be involved in the offense. But I think the eyes go back to Myers this week and he becomes that target monster that we saw
0: in the previous weeks. Uh, that sounds good. With the with the running back situation, Rex Burkhead is gone now for the year. He's on the IR now. Uh, can we expect to see a little more of Sony Michelle in the red zone, or is that going to be a James White thing?
1: Neither. I think it's in the red zone. We're going to see Damian Harris. Damian Harris, I think, has taken over this backfield as the lead back. And obviously, we know a Belichick offense doesn't have one back. So you're going to see James White, and you might see a little bit of Sony Michelle mixed in. But I think Harris has really done a good job the past few weeks establishing himself as a guy who can keep that early down roll, that ground and pound back roll. So I think that he's pretty much taken that job from Sony and Sony might just be a guy who comes in and spells him a little bit. And of course, you know, like we said, that that James White's going to have his pass catching role.
0: All right. That sounds good. Our next game, Teddy Bridgewater gets to face his old team, the Minnesota Vikings. It seems like a long time ago that Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback there in Minnesota. So I don't really look at this as being a revenge game. And Teddy was so well-loved in that franchise and in that organization. I don't really look at this as being a revenge game necessarily, but you know, going back to Minnesota, that's going to be an emotional time for Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Yeah, and especially after missing last week, he's he's anxious to get back out on the field and, and show that he's healthy because the last time he took the field in Minnesota was when he had that big injury and, and wasn't healthy. So, you know, he wants to be back for this game healthy to show them and thank the fans and the, the people that all supported him through that bad injury. So I think it is a, a very emotional game coming up here for Teddy.
0: Yeah. And it, and I think that we can really look for those wide receivers to take advantage of the Minnesota Vikings secondary that looked like it was improving a little bit. But then again, that was just against Chicago. So they got a much more talented <laughs> wide receiving core in uh, Carolina. So I, I'd imagine you're attracted by all these guys this week. Yeah, I am. I'm attracted to all three of those receivers. You know,
1: you saw DJ Moore and and Curtis Samuel step up last week. Robbie Anderson, who had been the guy for the previous few weeks or the, the beginning part of the season, has kind of stepped back a little bit the last few weeks. He's still involved in the offense, but he's kind of taken a little bit of a step back. I look for that to change this week, Wes. I think it's going to be an Anderson week. I think he's going to be the number one again this week and kind of reestablish himself as as Sir Per himself. So I, I'm looking for a big Robbie Anderson week this week.
0: On the other side of the ball, when we have Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to... Uh, the Minnesota Viking wide receivers, they're going to be missing Adam Thielen. That means Justin Jefferson is going to have to step up into that number one wide receiver role. And we've seen that he's been able to handle that pressure pretty well. And Carolina's defensive backfield has not been great, even though they did shut out those Detroit Lions last week. Let's let's take that with a grain of salt. They were missing a lot of their key players, and they were all banged up last week in Carolina. So this week, I think Justin Jefferson, and how do you say that guy's name? Alabasi? Olabisi. Olabisi? i'll ola just stick BC. with you. i'll let you come they, just, I'll let they you, call him bc <laughs> i'll let you pronounce the bcs and i'll just say chad bb how about that can i just say <laughs> that one hey both all three of those guys though i like all the wide receiver matchups here and if you're looking for some cheap dfs options i don't mind ola bc but i think they're gonna really lean on dalvin cook this week don't you jb i
1: do i do i think they're gonna lean on him a lot and i think that Irv smith would be a nice play if he's healthy that's part of the problem, though, with Irv, is that he, he showed up with a, a groin and a back injury. I don't think he practiced yesterday. So I don't know if he's going to play. If he does play, I think he's a great option this week. And he's a cheap DFS play also. And they use him split out as a wide receiver. So I think that he'd be a guy who could take advantage of not having Thielen. I'm a little hesitant on Jefferson because I don't know how he's going to be as the alpha guy. You know, He's, he's a guy who who plays well having that other guy alongside of him in Thielen. But without Thielen, it might be a little bit too much pressure for the rookie. I don't know. And this Carolina defense, you're right. It isn't great. They had a good matchup last week. But they're starting to click. I said in the beginning of the year that they were a young defense and that they weren't going to be good this year. But these young guys are starting to click together, so they're getting a little better. They're absolutely still beatable. But we're talking about Kirk Cousins without his top option at wide receiver, it could be a tricky matchup for Minnesota to throw the ball. So I think, you know, ground and pound, Dalvin Cook gets 147 carries this week.
0: Yeah, I think I, think I would rather take a, uh, that would be nice. Uh, he had the most touches last week, JB. I think he had 31 touches last week, which even was more than Derrick Henry had. So that, that was amazing when you think about a fellow like that who's not the biggest guy like we think of Derrick Henry. He can handle all those touches. And you look at Dalvin Cook with, like, 31 touches. I say yeah, he 31. might get more this week.
1: <laughs> it, it may have
0: been 21 touches. 31 sounds like an amazing I'm going to look at that while you talk about something else here at some point to see if I was correct on my memory on that. Hey, let me ask you how important this is. Let's say you have Dalvin Cook and Matson is out there on the waiver wire. You know, it's a little 10, 12-team 12, 12 league. How important is it this time of year to go ahead and get Alexander Matson uh, as a handcuff to Dalvin Cook?
1: Yeah, absolutely. At this point, you're looking at the playoffs and you're, you're churning your bench, and and you don't need to keep guys on your bench that are starters that you're never gonna start. You know, like you you got these guys that you have there. You have Frank Gore on your bench. Yeah, he's the starting running back for the Jets. But are you really gonna start Frank Gore over the guys you're starting? If you have Alexander Madison there and Dalvin Cook is your number one running back and he goes down, you will instantly start Madison and you'd feel better about starting Madison that week than you would Frank Gore from your bench. So turn that bench, pick up those heavy handcuffs, those guys that that have a good path to RB1 numbers if the guy in front of them goes down.
0: All right. I think that that is a solid fantasy advice. We didn't talk about any Carolina tight ends because there's just not any there that we want to do. But uh, no. uh, who would you rather start this week, Teddy Bridgewater or Kirk Cousins?
1: Probably Teddy, because he'll have to throw more.
0: Okay. All right. I think that's fair. And and like you said, that's reunited back there in Minnesota. So uh, something, I, I want to say there's something to prove. Plus, you may have P.J. Brown breathing down your neck a little bit there as well. You know what I mean? So you got to really perform that. That's where I would get into <laughs> that's where I would be walking up to the to the line of scrimmage if I was Teddy Bridgewater and if it was a run play call, I would be calling it off into an audible just so I could throw the <laughs> ball, you know, just so I could get my numbers up a little bit more. They the Cleveland Browns finally finally have a good game, a good weather game. And by the way, we're not going to mention weather much here on the Fantasy M- uh, Magnet Podcast just because, simply, there's not a lot of weather to be discouraged about this week. It all looks free and clear and nothing to be concerned about whatsoever. But the Cleveland Browns finally get a game in good weather. The, I think their last two games, they've just had miserable weather, rainy conditions, windy conditions. But this week, they're heading down to Jacksonville. <laughs> I just, I giggled because I think about the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, (laughs) JP. They seem like a hot mess. This looks like a get right game for the Cleveland Brown fantasy football team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They haven't had to throw the ball and they haven't been able to three straight weeks in a row with bad weather games, wind and rain and whatnot. So, I mean, this is a good game for them and they they like to run the ball anyway. So it ended up working out and it was good for Chubb and good for Hunt because they keep producing. And I think that's their MO. That's what Cleveland wants to do. That's what they're going to continue to do. They're going to run the ball. But this week in a good matchup against the Jacksonville, bad secondary in nice weather, I think that running game will will open up the play-action game a little bit. So I think that, yes, Chubb and Hunt will be getting their carries and getting a a good size workload, but I think it will open up the play-action game a little bit, and you'll actually see Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper be involved in the offense this week.
0: Okay, what about a Rashard Higgins as well for Cleveland? Do you see him getting a lot of targets, or are those just going to simply be uh, going to Landry and to Hooper?
1: I mean, he'll get some targets. I don't know that he'll get a lot of targets. I think that there's gonna be, it's still gonna be a low volume passing game, so there won't be a lot of targets. I think Landry gets the bulk of them, and then Hooper and Higgins kind of split the others.
0: You know, what's kind of weird about this is whenever I see a Cleveland team who has had to be in Cleveland, you know, for such a long time now, they they've been there for a while with home games and stuff. Man, you go down to Jacksonville and it's just beautiful. It's kind of like you're on vacation. So I almost worry about them coming out a little bit flat, but I, I think as soon as uh, Chubb or Hunt gets that 80-yard touchdown run, they're going to be pumped up again, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know that's what they do. They they're they like to play off emotion. This team, and you could see it. Baker Mayfield is an emotional type of quarterback. So, you know, when, when they score, you see him running down and patting people on the head. And, you know, when, when they're not playing well, you see his frustration on the sideline. So you're right. When when they break off a big one, Chubb gets into the end zone. You see how they react to that and they play off of that
0: stuff. All right. Uh, we have Mike Glennon. Is that is really Mike Glennon is going to be starting as the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Does that need to be repelled against this entire, entire wide receiving core for the Jags?
1: Yeah, you kind of got to be, don't you? I mean, Mike Glennon, we've both seen Mike Glennon. He yep. started with Tampa. He's been in Chicago. He's he's just, you know, a big mozzarella stick that, that wears a helmet. <laughs> so <laughs> here's a funny one, Wes. I saw this posted today. So check out how ironic this is. Mike Glennon got benched in 2017 for Chicago's Mitch Trubisky, who got benched this year for Nick Foles, who got benched last year for Gardner Minshew, who got replaced by Luton, who's now benched in favor of Glennon.
0: (laughs) Full circle. (laughs) How crazy is that? Five yards of separation. Is that what they call that? (laughs) Yep, yep. Six degrees of
1: of Mike Glennon instead of Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, the only person that I'm playing in this offense this week is going to be James Robinson. I mean, you talked about him briefly in the rankings, and he's been a workhorse. He gets the volume, and... Obviously, Cleveland is a strong run defense, so there might not be a lot, but on volume alone, it's gonna have they're gonna have to rely on Robinson because they can't rely on Mike Glennon. Glennon did say he came out and said, "Hey, I got nothing to lose." So he knows he's not like playing for a starting job or playing to be the future quarterback. He knows he's a career backup, and that's who he is. So he came out and said, I got nothing to lose. I'm gonna be airing it up. I'm gonna be chucking it up. So that could be a couple of long touchdowns to chark, or it could be, you know, a three, four interception game. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, I you know what I just thought about because uh our our friend John Frisello over there on the John Frisello show on the Fantasy Magnet Podcast Network, uh he asked he was just he went off about quarterbacks and why they would make his decision and talking about Doug Marone and all that. And you know what I just thought about? I just thought about How uh, Luton might have a stipulation in his contract where like if he starts four games, he gets some kind of contract bonus. So, maybe that's why they didn't start him. I don't know how many games he started, but maybe that's why he did they didn't start him just so they don't have to pay that bonus. You know It just seems like something the Jacksonville Jaguar front office will do. You got to remember so many different players have been disgruntled with that front office, and they're sure not turning things around like their counterparts in Miami are right now in Florida. Miami seems to be a really fan friendly a really a uh, player friendly organization, and that Jaguars are just going in completely the opposite direction of that.
1: Yeah, they're a mess, and, and that's a good point you bring up about Luton, because it's like, why are you starting Glennon when don't you want to see what you got in Luton? So, I mean, it, that might be a good point. Is, is Leonard Fournette and, and Jalen Ramsey and others have talked about how cheap and, and bad that front office is, so maybe that's exactly why. It's like, yeah, you know what,
0: we've, we've seen enough and we don't want to pay the guy, so let's go with the mozzarella stick. I'm going with the whole conspiracy theory that that's why Minshew would not throw it to DJ Shark earlier in the year as well, because they didn't want him to get like over 1,200 yards or something. (laughs) We got to do a deep dive into the contracts of the Jacksonville Jaguars and see why this is going on. We are here for the people, J.B., for the people. Uh, the Fantasy Magnet Podcast is also here for the Las Vegas Raiders and the Atlanta Falcons. Man, the Raiders look like a good football team. It looks like they can hang with anybody. They're going to be a tough out come playoff time. This week, they go to Atlanta, and Atlanta's not really healthy. Julio Jones is a little bit questionable, a little bit nicked up in the old hamstring area again. And, and do you look at this as just being one of those Las Vegas Raider times where they're going to run all over the Atlanta Falcons, or are they going to start throwing it through the air as well?
1: No, I think they're going to have to throw because Atlanta is pretty decent against the run. They're not terrible against the run. So I think they are going to throw it. And Derek Carr's looked pretty good throwing the football so far this year. He's got a couple of options. Your boy Aguilar has, has been you know, productive. Even though, Maybe it was Carson Wentz that was the problem. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. But, I mean, he does have Darren Waller. We talked about what an asset Darren Waller is. And I think this is a sneaky rugs game. I, I think... You know, one of these days, it's going to be that long rugs touchdown, and it could be this matchup against the Atlanta secondary that makes it happen. So, yeah, Jacobs is going to be fine. He'll be involved, but Atlanta is worse against the pass than they are against the run. So I do think Vegas will have to throw and will have success throwing as well.
0: Yeah, Hunter Redfield's got a good matchup in the slot as well. That doesn't always transition well into that Las Vegas Raiders uh, offense because they just don't throw it to the slot unless it's like a third down play or something. You know, It, just, it doesn't seem like Redfield gets the looks on first and second down. They're always feeding those big guys uh, with Jacobs and with Waller. And it, it seems like the wide receiving core in Las Vegas is an afterthought. You know what I mean? And they, they play an important role, but it's just not a role that they, they primarily go to.
1: No, you're right, and they and you you said it. you hit the nail on the head, and the early downs, they don't usually look to him, but Derek Carr has said that they run plays sometimes where they call it third and Renfro, yeah. <laughs> so you know on third down, you have a play designed for Renfro out of the slot, and he's got Isaiah Oliver in coverage this week, which you're right, it is a good matchup for him, so you might see a couple of extra targets going his way this week.
0: For Atlanta, all, all, all those wide receivers have got great matchups, but the problem is if Julio Jones isn't there, I think the only one that we've been able to depend on whenever he's been out of the game is Calvin Ridley, really. Russell Gage can step up into that third wide receiver role. He had 12 targets last week, I think eight receptions as well, so he did play well, but I'm just not sure that I can trust Russell Gage in a great matchup.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that I can either. And I can't trust the banged up Julio either. I mean, obviously, if you're in season long, if he's out there, you're going to put him in there. But you always worry about and they've done it before. You always worry about them letting him go out there as a decoy to take the, the attention away from Ridley. So, I think that Ridley is in a locked spot, and he's got a great matchup against either Trayvon Mullen on one side or Damon Arnett on the other side. I mean, it, it's a great matchup for Ridley. So, I think that this is a smash Ridley week, and he'll likely be in a lot of my DFS lineups.
0: I agree. This is a good matchup for DFS lineups because Darren Waller's got a great matchup. So, I wouldn't be afraid to t- pay up at the tight end position as well for Darren Waller. It really seems like for the DFS slate, you gotta pay up for those tight ends if you wanna get some secure floors. You know, you just you just have to. Yeah, we
1: had the cheat code last week that I was able to on FanDuel use Taysom Hill in my tight end spot, and that's why I did awesome. The part <laughs> of the reason why I did awesome. I mean, I had Taysom Hill as my tight end, I had Demir Bird as my wide receiver three, and I paid down for the Carolina defense. So I had a
0: really good week. Hey, JB, our next one are the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. What a great quarterback matchup this is. I, I can imagine Josh Allen looking at Herbert and just thinking, wow, that looks like me from a couple of years ago, you know, but that kid's got a little bit better accuracy than I had. Mm-hmm. So uh, look, uh, Herbert against Allen, this is going to be something that we're going to be able to look forward to for years to come.
1: Yeah. And I think that uh, Buffalo coming off a of bye is is going to look to come out and make the statement. You know, they they want to reclaim this division. You've seen that, you know, New England and Miami kind of putting some pressure on Buffalo lately and, and you know, wanting to make it into a race. And we talked about that a little bit last week. But I, I think Buffalo wants to come out of the bye and make a statement. And the Chargers defense has prone has shown prone to, to taking a beating a little bit. You know, all these games that Justin Herbert has, these great games, and the defense ends up blowing it for him. So... I think this is a good matchup for everybody on the Buffalo side. I don't know if John Brown's going to play or not. He's been a little banged up. I I know he's been missing practices, but you're going to lock in Steph Diggs. I'd fire up Cole Beasley. I think he's a nice play this week. Obviously, Josh Allen. And I like Zach Moss taking control of this backfield. I think he's going to get into the end zone this week, too.
0: They're going to have to establish the run here for the second half of this season. Um, And I know we're past that second half point right now, I guess, the last quarter of the season. They're going to have to really establish that run because we all all know that in the playoff times, Josh Allen has got a lot of heart, will, and desire. But you need a running game to advance into the playoffs real deep. And they really need to get that going and getting straight right now.
1: Yeah, they do. And and I think Moss is the guy, and that's what they've kind of— you see the needle kind of going that way throughout the season, and I think now even more so coming out of the bye, they're going to be ready to hand the reins over. You'll still see see Singletary involved. It's not going to be a complete, you know, turn it over to Moss, but I expect to see seventy thirty towards Moss's side.
0: Well, who would you rather start in this game? Would you rather start a Josh Allen or a Herbert?
1: Um, probably Josh Allen. I, I just think coming off a of bye, they're gonna they're gonna look to have a good game in this this. Chargers defense doesn't scare me at all, whereas the Buffalo defense is a better defense.
0: If you could only start one, would you rather start Keenan Allen or Stephon Diggs?
1: That's that's close, but I think I'd have Keenan Allen a couple of slots ahead of Diggs.
0: Okay. All right. A lot of volume. 19 targets, right believe, last week. Nineteen targets. Come on, man. 19, what are you doing? All right. Targets that's more targets than a dartboard gets on a Thursday night at your local pub, you know? <laughs> yeah, man.
1: He's definitely a go to and he has been for years. One of the most underappreciated wide receivers in the league. He's just a target monster and he's a reliable pass catcher.
0: Do you think that we can start Hunter Henry this week with confidence? Because it seems like it's it's up and down a little bit. He doesn't you know, the Buffalo Bills aren't great against tight ends, but at the same time they're not all that bad
1: no they're not but i mean they're i think if i'm not mistaken the chargers are like one of the worst tight end cover defenses um so they let up a lot of points per game to the tight end position, so I think that Hunter Henry is a good start. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I read that in Andrew Cooper's article, our boy Coop, um, that it is a great matchup for Henry, so I think that the Bills have a uh, linebacker that's still on the IR, and that's why it's a good matchup for Hunter Henry this week.
0: I gotta get Coop to tag me in those tight end articles, because I really do like Coop's work a lot. Uh, You can find him on Twitter, what is it, Andrew Cooper? At fiasco. Oh, that's right! It's a Coop a fiasco, and he's got he's got like the basketball thing. He had that up whenever we were we were talked to him this uh, I think this this summer is whenever we talked to him, and I just remember something about basketball. I don't I don't know what it
1: was. <laughs> yeah, and and he writes for Fantasy Alarm, so I, I've been a Fantasy Alarm member for years, and I always I always check out his tight end articles because I mean he's a grinder, man. Coop is one of the hardest workers in this industry, so I always respect what he does, and he's one of the co-hosts on the pod on the live pod that I do Monday. Day. He's a good friend of mine, so always respect
0: his work. And when he says to look at something, I look at it a little deeper. I got you. Uh, although I will say, John New Smith has defied the odds of, of both of all of his uh, analysis on that. And it's really just the tie, it's just the goal line work that he gets, and he's just getting touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns uh, this week. And he happens to be going up against. The Indianapolis Colts, whenever I said uh, that they they ended up having, who was it? Who's the Pittsburgh, Eric Ebron? I kind of compared him to Eric Ebron, and it seems like Mo Alley-Cox is that guy this year for the Indianapolis Colts, JB, but we got the Titans against the Colts this week, and this looks like a really good matchup where you can say that I want to be repelled against all the Titans. But man, they've got to win this game against the Colts. Their, their backs seem to be against the wall. They've been they've been falling. I know they won last week against the Baltimore Ravens in overtime, but it just doesn't seem like they've been playing that well.
1: No, they haven't. And I think it all stemmed from the taylor injury, which really shook up their offensive line, which was their bread and butter. They're a team that was based around handing the ball to Derrick Henry, having a strong and successful running game, and then having a little uh, play-action pass off of that successful running game. So without that successful running game, it kind of takes the whole game plan and throws it out the window. So, you know, it, it's it's tricky because I don't know what to expect out of them. I don't think that they're a contender. I mean, I think they're more of a pretender that has a chance of making the playoffs. But I think Indy's a better team than Tennessee. So I don't know that Tennessee gets back on track this week against that strong Indy defense.
0: I know that John, uh, that a, uh, that Brown is the uh, wide receiver to own. He's the most explosive wide receiver, it feels like. But Corey Davis just seems to have a solid floor as well, but just not as high of a ceiling.
1: Yeah, and Corey Davis is a red zone guy, so if they do get into the red zone and don't run some fluky freaking end around for Jonu Smith or something, it's going to be Corey Davis that they're looking for in the end zone. Um, you know, I, I can't, man. I can't with this with this Johnu Smith stuff. I mean, he's he blocks on over sixteen percent of the passing plays. So it's the fluky stuff. He's not even on the field for a lot of the passing plays that the that, the, that they play. Last week, here yeah, from Coop's article, directly from Coop's mouth. Last week, the Titans ran thirty-eight pass plays. Johnu was out there for twenty-eight of them, and on four of those, he was asked to block. So. For a guy that costs what he does in DFS and and people look at as this tight option, he doesn't have the usage. So, I mean, yeah, these these he's he's been boosted up in the rankings, like you said, because of these run plays and one-yard play actions. But the Colts are really good against the tight end. It's going to be a disappointing week for John New Owners, and it could translate to Corey Davis getting the look in the red zone because Indy's good against the tight end.
0: I'm with some of our Magnet podcast listeners, JB, and I have taken John Jonu Smith just because of his rushing upside. So that's what we are all on board for. <laughs> hey, on the Indianapolis Colts side, Michael Pittman Jr. looks like a solid wide receiving option for Philip Rivers nowadays, and almost his favorite one as well. I don't know, though, that we want to start him against this Tennessee uh, defense, or, or are you very confident in him?
1: I'll still start Pittman. You know, Malcolm Butler not the corner that he used to be. He's still pretty good. But I mean, I, I think Pittman has established himself, like you said, as the go-to receiver for Phillip Rivers. You know, I think that you can trust him as a you know low-end wide receiver, too, or a flex play this week. I think it's not the best matchups for him, but I think that he'll get the targets to be productive. So I will stick
0: with him. JB, rank these uh, tight ends for me. Jack Doyle, Mo Alley-Cox, Trey Burton, or Jonu Smith? (sighs) Do I have to? (laughs) They're all fluky plays, right? I mean, uh, they're all touchdown dependent. Uh, None of them are really solidifying themselves in the passing game. So it's just one of those things where, yes... Yes, you can take a flyer on any of those guys, but it's also one of those things where, like, man, are there not any better options out there? Now, it really does seem like the Indianapolis Colts have got a good matchup as far as tight end matchups go, uh, but I just don't know that which one's going to do it this week.
1: Yeah, and, and I really don't want to trust any of those guys or start any of those guys. Mm-hmm. What I love about Mo'Ali Cox is just how big he is. Oh. So if, you, if you, you, know, you put him in and you let him line up in the slot and he's lined up against the cornerback, I mean, this guy is humongous. He's 6'5", 270. Like, he's a basketball player. He was a power forward at VCU that was awesome and dominated the boards. So imagine him up against a 5'10", 220 cornerback. He's 6'5", 267. Phillip Rivers just has to throw a fade-up for him. Let him box out and grab that touchdown. And that's why he's such a big red zone weapon is because he's 6'5", 270. I mean, I, I'd love it. If you're Phillip Rivers, think about that. You got a guy 6'5", 270 that could just take three steps and box out. I'm throwing him the ball in the red zone. I'm throwing it to him.
0: Yeah, but it, it just doesn't seem like it's that thing that they want to do. What about in that backfield? for the Indianapolis Colts. I know Naheem Hines is one of those guys that everybody loves to watch and everybody loves to have on their fantasy teams because they root for him so hard whenever they watch him play football because he's a he's a little guy, you kind of root for those guys, and he has those big explosive games. Last time against the Tennessee Titans is one of those explosive games where he had 20-something fantasy points. Can we count on that again this week, or are they just going to run heavy with Jonathan Taylor to expect that much out of Naheem Hines?
1: Well, and that's the thing. We don't know what to expect from this offense as far as the running back goes because you saw Jonathan Taylor, after everybody wrote him off, have a big game last week. And both times that they've given Jonathan Taylor 20-plus touches, he's had two great games. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and I think it was John Hansen on SiriusXM in the morning that said he's a volume running back. If you just give the guy the freaking ball, he's going to do something. If you give him four carries then he's not going to be able to get into a rhythm and that's why he hasn't been productive. And it, there could be some truth to that. So I don't know if Indy saw what he did last week and says, all right, we need to get this guy some volume. We need to just keep him as a feature back and let him get some momentum. Or if they continue to go with you know their little committee – And we saw Hines, like you said, have a good game against Tennessee last time. I just think that Indianapolis defense kind of controls this game, so they do want to be a run first and defense heavy game. So if I had to rank them, it would probably be Taylor first and Hines second.
0: Yeah. And I'm not I'm not that repelled against Naheem Hines. If you have to play somebody, maybe you got some injury concerns, some COVID concerns and stuff. I would always put Naheem Hines as a flex role because it is a boom or a bust option. And even last week when he didn't do very well in fan, for fantasy purposes, he still had red zone targets and he had some of those almost touchdowns. They got called back on one of the Indianapolis Colts. What? They had 50 holding penalties, I think, called against them last week. <laughs> yeah, pretty
1: much. They had so many. Holding penalties last week, and they still were able to dominate the game.
0: If 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 there was a game that needs to be a poster or a blueprint for the referees trying to put the fix in on a game, that was the game, man. Because you know we've always heard those things where they're able to call a holding penalty on every single play, and last week they just did. And that's how, that's how it was. Really messed up the flow of the game and everything, too. And, and I think I even heard Philip Rivers say, come on, man. You got to call another holding penalty on that play, too? You know? <laughs> that's oh, a pretty lady. good Philip Rivers. Hey, man, come on. Don't you think that you're going to step in some dog do at one of these points? <laughs> Golly gee. <laughs> come on i got a bolo tie for you. If you're just going to quit calling these holding penalties, <laughs> Miami Dolphins going to the New York Jets, JB, the New York Jets really haven't stopped playing. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on they're, 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 you know, they're still playing Sam Donald. Frank Gore is still giving you 110%. I wish they would release him and allow him to go to a team that has some kind of shot there. I think he has said this is this last year. Has he not? I don't know that he said that. Did he? I I thought I heard that from somewhere. I could be completely wrong on that. I just I wish he had a shot with somebody, man. Why Why are we uh, Why is Frank Gore in his senior year, uh, the, on the New York Jets? I just I just don't get it. And he's still being somewhat fantasy productive. JB,
1: that's what I think is cool about it. Because yeah, as much as you'd like to see him go to a team that has a chance of winning a championship, he'd be a nobody there. He'd be a guy standing on the sideline. Whereas now. In his age 57 season, he's still a starting running back in the NFL. Who would have thought it? It was pretty cool. I was actually listening to SiriusXM yesterday as I was driving, doing some errands. And they had Clinton Portis on. Do you remember Clinton Portis, a former uh, University of Miami standout, who talked about sharing the locker room with guys in college like Frank Gore and (laughs) McGahee. So I'm thinking about him like, he was in college... With Frank Gore and how long has Clinton Portis been out of the league? I think he's like 40 years old and Frank Gore is the starting running back for the New York Jets.
0: Yeah, that, that, that wow, that's a long time ago. That is, uh, wow, wow. And speaking of Miami Dolphins though, I think Tua Tagovailoa, it looks like he is going to be able to start but, JB, there, there, there's that smoke about his thumb, the smoke about being injured. We saw him get replaced by Fitzpatrick in the second half of the week last week. I almost want to say that this is a Miami Dolphins smoke screen about about uh, Tua starting this week. I, I almost want to say that, that I think Fitz is going to get the start, and they're going to say that Tua is just not healthy enough. You think so? I I mean it, the you know it's still questionable tags he hasn't been practicing all that much in in practice so I just I think it's one of those things where they they see that they smell the playoffs and the NFL has talked about expanding the playoffs. And I really think Miami wants to make the playoffs, and their best shot at doing it is with Fitzpatrick. I could be completely wrong about that. I'm just reading the smoke signals, but it just looks to me like Tua is not going to be able to— that they're not going to play Tua this week at
1: quarterback. But see, then, why make the change? That's what makes me angry about that, then. Why make the change coming out of the bye? You know, you, you were competing for the playoffs at the point that you went into your bye week and decided to change over to Tua. So you were telling us that you thought he was good enough to continue that playoff push and be your quarterback of the future. So now two weeks later, you're going to decide that he's not and go back to Fitz? I I don't know, man. It's confusing to me because when they pulled him, I thought he was hurt. And we talked about it on the live pod Monday. And Linda said the same thing. Chubb came down on him. Thought that he might have hurt himself, but when yeah. they came out the next day and said it wasn't injury related, it's like what are they doing over that? I think I think Flores is just confused and he
0: doesn't know what to do. Well, and it's it's a tough situation, and maybe it goes back to the contract situation again. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe Fitzpatrick had some kind of stipulation in there about ten games started or something like that. But no, I, I think that he did get banged up in that game, and they were looking for a spark. I'm just talking about the smoke signals this week. It, 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 I just don't know about to his health. I think they probably stick with him if he was healthy uh, against the Jets, just because it is the Jets. But at the same time, if it is Fitzpatrick, let's let's just go two different scenarios. If it's Fitzpatrick you're really fired up about the Dolphins, right? Especially against the New York Jets where he has a revenge game, and I would love to start Fitzpatrick in that kind of matchup.
1: Yeah, obviously. I mean, you could say half of the league is a revenge game for Fitzpatrick. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with Fitzpatrick, at least you'll know they'll be passing volume with to it in there. You don't know how much volume you're going to get out of the passing game, but you'd love to be able to use this Miami offense against this Jets defense. So I'd, I'd, I'd hope we get some clarity today so that we know what to do with them.
0: If it is Fitzpatrick, it's an upgrade to everybody on that Miami side of the offensive ball, I believe, and especially Devontae Parker, who has a good matchup this week uh, against Bryce Hall.
1: Yeah, I love Parker's matchup this week. You know, We kind of saw what, what happened to the Jets last week with the Chargers passing offense. So I mean, the, the Jets are obviously, they have the record they have for a reason. So they have a couple of good young guys in, in their defense, but not enough that's going to stop a, a formidable passing offense. I love the the matchup for Parker this week.
0: Uh, we got to get anybody coming off the IR for a uh, healthy dose in that backfield in Miami this week.
1: I don't think so. I think it's still going to be Ahmed. I know that uh, Gaskin has been practicing a little bit this week. But I don't think he's going to be ready to come back yet. So I think we're going to get another week of Savan Ahmed. So I, I think that you could fire him up against this Jets team as kind of a last hurrah for him as well.
0: Are you attracted to Gusecki this week?
1: Man, I always try to be attracted to Gusecki, and it's, it's let me down a lot this year. But I think against the Jets team, he definitely is a viable option if you need to stream a tight end.
0: And once again, a much more valuable valuable option if Ryan Fitzpatrick is named the starter this week. For the New York Jets, I know that we talk about their young wide receiving core, but Crowder's going to be back there again this week as well, and he's fully healthy. And I think the key to all of this is that uh they're gonna have a new quarterback back there in the in the backfield, uh, JB, this week. It looks like Sam Donald's gonna be healthy.
1: Yeah, which is good for them. You know, we wanna see that at the end of the year. You wanna see A few games of Darnold, you know, as a team who's likely going to have the first round pick or the the number one pick, you know, as bad as they are, as long as they don't win another game, they're they're going to have that option to take Trevor Lawrence. So they want to see either if Darnold is tradable and you know, kind of give him an audition to see what you can get out of him, or if he actually has some potential. I don't know that anybody really knows if he can be a starting quarterback in this league or not. You see some flashes and. I, I do like the weapons that the Jets have. You know, you talked about the guys on their passing attack. You know, obviously, Crowder's a PPR machine, and Perriman and Mims on the outside of both look good. So for a team that has zero wins, they have a lot of weapons on offense. So I'd like to see Darnold back there behind center able to use those options and see if we can get that offense a little bit fired up, even against a pretty good Miami defense.
0: Yeah, I really like Jamison Crowder's matchup this week too, so I'd be very confident in playing him in DFS spots and maybe his price has dropped a little bit since he had a bad game last week.
1: Yeah, he's a good matchup and a and a good price tag. I would I I would think that they're not gonna run the ball a lot. You know, Gore's gonna get his carries. But Miami's pretty good against the run. So I would look at at Crowder against Nick Needham out of the slot. And and even Perriman on the outside against Jones is is not a great cover corner. Byron Jones is not as good as he used to be. And, And I think Xavier Howard will be on the other side with Mims most of the time.
0: Uh, before we get into the last couple of games here, JB, let me make sure and remind everybody that they can follow you on Twitter at fantasy coach JB on Twitter, where you've got some nice pinned tweets about how to order some fantasy magnet gear from one of our partners. Can you tell them more about that?
1: Yeah. Viridian global. We partnered with them. They make some really awesome apparel. Um, they've designed, uh, with Jordan loops logo on, on their t-shirts and it's, I got mine last week. I have, be rocking the V gear today. I think it's a nice day out. I might be wearing my t-shirt today. So, you know, you can go on, check out my pin tweet, viridian We're part of the fantasy football collective. So even if you want to browse their website, they got a lot of really cool t-shirts, a lot of ones that, that are uh, around different players. Like I have a DK Metcalf type shirt. That's like a coffee logo decaf. So they do some pretty cool plays on, on players. So check out ViridianGlobal.com. You can go to Fantasy Football Collective, click on Fantasy Magnets, that's where you'll find my gear, but it's a great partnership. They, they love, I love working with them, and I'm very happy that, that we've partnered up with them, Wes.
0: Very comfortable shirts, too, by the way. Very comfortable. Some of those comfortable kind of shirts that really massage you as you walk, I believe. That's, that's how I feel like whenever I'm walking around. And at Mugs Fly Together is also another partner here, and we've partnered up with both Reading Global and At Mugs Fly Together to be able to give away a magnet mug giveaway. Right? So we're going to couple a baseball jersey with the Fantasy Magnet logo on it and whatever your choice is from at mugs fly together. We want to give that away. All you got to do in the, 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 the contest details are going to be there on the tweet that we put out and also in the show descriptions as well you can also uh find that there and yeah i I think I'll pay I'll probably pin that on this one and also at the FI today with a little underscore t- uh, Twitter handle on Twitter I'm gonna I'm gonna pin it on both of those so that people can find out how to enter this contest but what you got to do is you got to follow fantasy JB you got to follow me as well at loafing it on Twitter and you got to follow at mugs fly together and then just tell us which mug you would like and you will be declared the winner sometime next week it seems to take a week to be able to get enough entries in and and allow everybody to be able to have a chance to enter is what i should say so jb that it sounds like a fun contest to do not only do you get a mug but you also get a nice shirt from viridian global sounds good to me man that's a nice contest we love our listeners I do I, I love listeners I love the, the fit fam As they help us grow Continue to grow Hey If you haven't shared the show yet Make sure you do Tell somebody to head over to Anchor FM They can find the podcast there On whatever listening platform They like to, uh, Platform I said platform Platform if It's a platform Just <laughs> pat it they can find whatever listening platform they like to listen to podcasts on right over there on Anchor FM, and then subscribe, ask them to subscribe to the show. Also, they can leave a review, slap those stars around for us. That always helps us out a lot. And speaking of helping out somebody, I think the Cincinnati Bengals have tried to help out the New York Giants continue to have their upward swing to dominate that NFC division that they are in. They are at three and seven right now. A victory puts them tied with the Washington football team. JB, uh, and they are facing a Cincinnati Bengal team who has called up a quarterback from their practice squad to take over their team.
1: Yeah, well, we, we saw a little bit of Ryan Finley once Burrow went down, and we know he ain't it. So, I mean, it's not like Brandon Allen's much better, but there's only one way to go from Finley, and it's up, and it might be, you know, like a quarter of a step up. Brandon Allen, we've seen him last year with Denver, and, and he was trashed then, and I think he's going to be trashed now. So the Giants defense is a very attractive defense to start this week. If you're streaming defenses, I know I'm starting them in a couple of places and I'm going to be repelled by the Bengals passing game now, or pretty much the offense as a whole, because I don't know that they're going to be able to get things going here with Allen under center. What do you think?
0: I don't know, man. There's a reason why they brought Allen up, and maybe he has a good—I don't want to say a connection with the team because they, they, he's not going to have a connection with the first stringer since he's been on there on the practice squad. But maybe he's got something up there that they want to—that uh, they think that he can prove, and they just want to take a look at what they have. I—I I, I want to say no. I went out and picked up the New York Giant defense last week. Uh, on Sunday night, I believe, or maybe it was Monday night, Monday night, when you were on your podcast, I had just done that. And I kind of, I texted it to you guys, because you guys were talking about the sneaky little moves that you can make before Monday night football, as far as free agent moves go. And I went out and picked up the New York giant defense uh, before I asked you that question. And I, as I knew the I knew the matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals, and when I saw that they were going to make a move at quarterback, it didn't scare me away one bit because you know the NFL game is just so fast, and the New York Giant defense is so good right now. They they're they're really really good, and they've lost so many close games just because they're a growing team. I think they're a young team, and Daniel Jones is just continuing to mature as a quarterback. I like I like their I like the Giants' outlook for the rest of the season. I don't know why. I have no idea why. <laughs> Because the, their defense has
1: a guy like Bradbury, who's a playmaker. Their their tackles are pretty good. They have a good linebacker in Blake Martinez. So they have some pieces. Um, you know, I, I think that their schedule is very favorable the rest of the year, too. So I do think the Giants can win that that junkie division. Um, but just I, I think that this matchup their their weaknesses in the in the slot right darnay holmes is is a weak slot cornerback and that's where tyler boyd plays so if you need to boyd i do think that you can i am afraid of higgins because higgins was was making that connection with burrow as his his main outside receiver but what i will say is that what we saw from brandon allen last year in in denver was that he did like going to courtland sutton as his main outside receiver So there might be a little bit of hope for Higgins. I'm just going to wait and see one week where I can if I have Higgins on my team. If I have another option, I might want to start him this week and kind of hope. And then maybe next week, plug him in if you see a good rapport.
0: Yeah, it really looks like Sterling Shepard has got a nice matchup this week for the Giants. And he might be the wide receiver to own just because it seems like. It's going to be a plotting time. Why not give Wayne Gallman as many carries as he can handle kind of a thing, you know, this week. And they, they just need the first downs. And it seems like Sterling Shepard has turned into that that wide receiver that uh, Daniel Jones has been able to trust on third down conversions.
1: Yeah. And that's the stack I'm going with for my main DFS lineup this week is going to be the giant stack. It's oh. going to be Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard. And originally I was doing Jones, Shepard and Engram. But then I said, you know what, Gallman has a great matchup because the the Bengals are really bad against the run. Mm -hmm. And Gallman's been really productive. He's played Mm -hmm. a bunch of really good running defenses, and he's still been productive. He's still been getting in the end zone. So I think this is a smash spot for Gallman where it's his best matchup since becoming the starter. So I'm going Jones, Shepard, and Gallman as my Giants stack, but I'm not coming back with any Bengals on the other no. side.
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't blame you at all. Uh, I, I've set some, some Yahoo lineup that I had the other day, uh, and I was just looking through it, and I, I didn't play the entire DFS. So I kind of looked at it, just looked at it, and the Giants were the second highest price defense on that Yahoo slate. So I think the Giants defense will also be a good play to play all the DFS slate that you're playing NJB.
1: Yeah, I thought about it, but I just didn't have the money to do it because no. I wanted to pay up for Dalvin Cook, and I wanted to get like Ridley and, and Godwin in my lineup, so I wasn't able to afford him, and I ended up having a pay down, and I think I went with the Denver defense against Taysom Hill on his first road start
0: that's a good lead into our next game even, because uh, New Orleans Saints do travel to the Denver Broncos, and we, look, this is a tough, tough game for the Broncos, and they have been a fourth quarter darling, a fourth quarter fantasy darling this season, it seems like, but I don't think that they could do that again against that New Orleans Saints defense, which has really, really stepped up and became uh, just a, a tough front line.
1: Yeah, that Saints defense has looked really good. They've been getting a lot of pressure. I hate Cam Jordan as a person. I just think he's a dirty player and he's a smack talker. I just as a Bucks fan, I don't like him, but he's just, he's a really good football player. And and he gets a lot of pressure and and you know, he's got some help up front and they have been a really good defense lately. So, you know, you got to give them credit what credit's due. They got my guy Quan Alexander now at linebacker. So, you know, he's a hard-nosed defender and I don't think that locking this this Broncos offense will find much success here against this defense.
0: I don't either. And they, they, they ran the ball really well last week, but you just can't run against new Orleans and that's just going to put them behind, behind, behind. So that's really one of those crazy little things that's going to be going on this week. You can't trust any of the wide receivers uh, against this tough Saints defensive backfield as well. My question is, is do you think Taysom Hill is going to have a good week like he did last week or, uh, you know, is he going to kind of slide off here in Denver?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's his first road start. It's going to be colder weather. It's Denver, so you know you got that altitude that could be an issue for him. Um, Broncos defense has been pressuring quarterbacks a lot. Their last seven games, they've had 24 sacks, so I think that they're a pretty formidable defense against a, a... quarterback that doesn't have a lot of experience in his first road start. I think this is going to be a really low-scoring game, Wes. I don't think mm-hmm. this is going to be an exciting one from fantasy perspective.
0: I know you got to put Michael Thomas in there since he saw 51% target share, I think, last week uh, with this, and Taysom Hill just really looked to be closing in on him. But, man, his his accuracy is not great. I, I know you got to start Michael Thomas just because of how many targets and how many receptions he had last week, but I don't know that I really am attracted to him.
1: No, I mean, I think that Taysom Hill's quarterback style fits Michael Thomas, you know, little quick short passes. He's not going to be a guy who goes two, three, four reads, goes for the deep ball very often. He's going to be a guy who, you know, one read, two reads and hits a short pass, which is what Michael Thomas likes to do. That's how he's excelled as a short pass, you know, quick quick slant guy. So I think it's going to work out. He's going to get targets. I will stick with him. Um, but again, this I think this is going to be a low scoring game. So yeah, you stick with him, but I, I, he's not a guy I'd pay up for in DFS this week, but you're starting him in your season logs for sure.
0: Yeah, and you also got to start Kamara. Don't worry about the one reception thing. He plays that uh, John Doo Smith goal line back role for the <laughs> New Orleans Saints. All right, so we're we're kind of repelled against this game from a fantasy standpoint. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. We're repelled against those running backs for the the Denver Broncos as well. And I I really I would I would try to stay away from all Denver Broncos this week. I'm with Look you. At- uh, look at the San Francisco 49ers versus those Los Angeles Rams. Uh, is Mostar coming back this week for the San Francisco 49ers, JB? I don't think he is. Um,
1: there was talk about him possibly coming back this week. But I, again, I think it's the same as like Gaskin. Like he, he's starting to to be ready, but I don't know that he's quite ready. And why rush him back? You know, this mm-hmm. Niners team doesn't look very good. So why rush him back when, when you could chance re-injury? So I wouldn't if I was them.
0: Okay, well, looking at the latest scores from uh, oddshark.com, it, it looks like San Francisco's only slated to score 30. Fantasy points against that Los Angeles Rams defense, and I, you know if Mozart comes back, it'd be. I wouldn't want to come back this week either against that Los Angeles Rams defense. They are really tough. They are really strong, and they are coming together right now as one of the better teams in the NFC. Um, where you know just a couple of weeks ago it looked like San Francisco was going to be there as well, but but now with all those injuries, they just don't have anything to give us. I don't know that I am necessarily attracted to any of these Niners again this week.
1: Yeah, I don't think that I am either. I mean, I think that if Mostert doesn't play, which I don't think he will, I think McKinnon is flex worthy. He's a guy who can be a playmaker when the ball's in his hand. So, you know, you you look at those Rams outside cornerbacks as being guys who can shut down a passing game. Well, then you're going to need to throw the ball on short intermediates to a running back or a tight end. And I think that's really all San Fran's got this week is is short pass to McKinnon, or little Jordan Reed's sneaky play off of the tight end spot. So mm. I think he's going to be coming off a bye being used more and more involved in that offense. So I mean, the, the only guys that I'd really take a dart throw at in this offense are those two. I, I've repelled by the rest of that offense.
0: It's always a dart throw of whether or not you want to start Robert Woods or Cooper Cup here and which one we are attracted to. And so if I ask you the question, which one do you start, Woods? Or cup? The answer would be both. Yes, exactly. That's always <laughs> the correct answer because you can't tell which one's necessarily going to go off. But both of them are very fantasy productive. I know Josh Reynolds has had some run here over the last month or so, but it's starting to look like he's getting phased out of that playbook right now, uh, in my opinion, just from last week's game. And, uh, you know, you open that thing up for Josh Reynolds to be able to come in there and make a little bit of impact to give defenses something else to worry about. But really, this offense is going to run through Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I don't necessarily think that I am trying. Uh, to Josh Reynolds at all this week JB
1: no he runs a lot of routes but the targets go to Cup and Woods so I mean he's out there and you like that but what kind of does concern me is you look at last week they looked towards Van Jefferson for a touchdown also so he's starting to get involved the rookie so you know Reynolds is out there he's running the routes. so you like that from a volume perspective but I mean there's too many weapons in this passing game that I'll just stick with Woods and Cup like you said
0: Yeah, and and you say something about Van Jefferson because that's something else that I – a lot of times people get on heaters in this uh, Los Angeles Rams offense like like, uh, Reynolds did a couple of weeks ago. And maybe this is another Jefferson touchdown week just because they want to open up that playbook and kind of highlight some of these guys just to make defenses think about something else. So I think Jefferson is a good dart throw in DFS lineups.
1: Yeah, I mean he definitely could be. I just don't know what kind of usage we'll see. You know, I, I don't want to throw a guy in my DFS lineup that's only going to get you know 10, t- uh, 10, 10 snaps or ten yeah. routes. So it, it's it, it's tricky. If Reynolds was injured or something like that, absolutely, I'd be in agreement with you. Well, but
0: look, I I play ten one. ten. I play a dime game. Okay, I play a four game. There quarter you go. Game, Take so a I'm shot a- then. <laughs> I just, I it really allows me to play whoever I want, and I don't care. Okay, so at different times, so those dime games, those quarter games, I like to take those flyers on those guys. Yes, and the higher price games that I that I go and play each week, if I do play those higher price games, I, when I say higher price games, you know, ooh, there's a dollar game. Okay, I guess I will. You know, that that's the higher price game for me. But uh, whenever I do that, I do try to concentrate on those higher guys like that. It looks like we'll be able to trust Tyler Higbee this week, though. He has a good matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. No, 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 no.
1: Tyler Higbee is not a pass catching tight end.
0: Okay. Tyler Higbee is
1: a blocking tight end. Gerald Everett is the pass catching tight end. And and again, I mean, if you, you talk to Coop, which, which I do regularly, you kind of get these things drilled into your head and, and you know, it's, Higby is a blocking tight end. Higby blocks on almost 30% of the pass plays that they run, whereas Everett is the pass-catching tight end. So the what Rams about the- threw 51 times last week. Higby was there for 34 pass plays and blocked on eight of them. So wow. Everett is the pass catcher.
0: What about the backfield for the Los Angeles Rams? Are you attracted to any of these guys, or are we once again just kind of uh, you know saying, ah, I'm not sure which one's going to do it this week?
1: Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about them. You know, if you got to start one of them, you're still kind of going with Henderson. But I don't know that I trust them. And and in a league where I have a lot of running back options, when Henderson's kind of been my flex guy, I, I'm not sticking with them this week because I just I don't know what they're doing there, if they're going to try to hand the reins over to Aikens or something. So uh, Brown is still involved. So I'm just going to be repelled by them for a little while and just play that passing game.
0: Yeah, I hope they narrow that down by playoff time, but I, I doubt that that will happen. Uh, I, I, that Los Angeles Rams backfield is a fantasy mess, but they're playing, they're playing pretty good, and that's accumulating wins for the Los Angeles Rams. The last game in the afternoon days before the primetime matchups, the Kansas City Chiefs are taking on those Tampa Bay Buccaneers, JB, and, and this is one of the higher games as far as a point total goes. This is 56 just because Kansas City's in there. Look, is this going to be a, a game where Tampa Bay doesn't show up against one of these big kind of contest or is this a game where Tampa Bay comes in and just lights it up again.
1: Well, Kansas City's defense isn't very good, so they can be lit up and I think that that's what the Bucks will need to do to w- have a chance of winning this game because you know that Kansas City's going to put up points. And you you made mention of Tom Brady being a top seven fantasy quarterback this year. He's got a lot of weapons on this offense, and they're going to need to score to stay with this Kansas City team. You know, we've seen the Bucs in primetime a lot this year, and they've been a pretty big disappointment in these primetime games. You know, they've really buckled under pressure and, and lost to even bad teams like the like the Chicago Bears in prime time. So. Easy now, buddy. <laughs> I think that Brady's going to need to get this offense going. I think they're going to want to have a little bounce back redemption game after a disappointing game last week against the Rams. So I, I, I'm going to fire up pretty much every offensive player on the Bucks passing game because they're going to have to score to keep up with Mahomes in Kansas City. Godwin's my favorite. Godwin has the best matchup out of the slot. I think Evans is definitely in play as well. Antonio was getting a lot of targets last week, so all three of those guys are in play, but Godwin's my favorite this week because as much as we love Honey Badger as a defensive player, he's not a great cover corner or cover safety. And that's who usually plays the slot. And that's where Godwin runs most of his routes. So I love Godwin this week.
0: You talk about in the passing game for Tampa Bay, and usually that's a Leonard Fournette uh, flag for me to play him. But this really looks like a Ronald Jones game as well, because the Kansas City Chiefs defense is just not that stout against the run either.
1: No, they're not, and, and they don't have a lot up front outside of Chris Jones, who's more of a pass rusher than a run stopper, so I, I do think that it can be a good game for the Bucks' run game. It's all going to depend on if they fall behind or not. You know, if Mahomes comes out and throws for two touchdowns early, they're going to abandon the run like we've seen them do before and just throw a lot, which would lean towards Fournette, but Fournette dropped a couple passes last week, too, so... I mean, this Bucks backfield has been murky, and it's just gotten murkier, so I'd love to be able to play them in a good matchup against the run, but I just don't know if they're going to fall behind and abandon it. I don't know which running back we're going to see, so I'm going to avoid it from a DFS perspective, but I think you can start Rojo or Fournette as low-end RB2 slash flex options in your season longs.
0: Okay, for the Kansas City Chiefs, I know you love the Tampa Bay defense and that backfield, uh, defensive backfield. I know you've always been in love with them this year. But can you start Tyreek Hill with confidence?
1: Absolutely. Tyreek Hill runs a lot from the slot, and every time I talk about it, and as much as I do love this Bucks secondary, their weakness is Sean Murphy Bunting, who covers the slot cornerback, and that's where Tyreek Hill runs a lot of his routes from. So I do think it's a good smash spot for Tyreek too. I'm hoping, as a Bucks fan that they have some sort of plan to help Murphy Bunting, you can't let him run out there one-on-one against Tyreek Hill. So maybe you use like an Antoine Winfield or Jordan Whitehead, one of your safeties, to kind of play, you know, double coverage on Tyreek. Let let Sean Murphy Bunting pick him up at the line of scrimmage and have help from Winfield or or Whitehead over the top. I'm hoping that's the plan that they come up with. But, I mean, if you're looking at it as, as it is, Tyreek Hill against Sean Murphy Bunting, I will fire up. Tyreek Hill, for sure.
0: Okay, and Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski, I believe, are both must-starts as well, if you have those guys as available options. All right, the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. Guess who's starting for quarterback for the Bears, J.P.? Is it your boy, Mitch? It really looks like that way. I don't think that uh, anybody has been declared. I don't think Nagy's declared anybody as the starter, but all signs are pointing to Mitch Trubisky being the starter for the Chicago Bears again, which I want to, I, you know, I, Mitch is my guy kind of a thing. I, I like Mitch. And also I tell, tell you that I want him benched as well at the same breath. So it's one of those <laughs> things <laughs> with a love-hate relationship with Mitch Trubisky. But I root for the kid. I just hate that he got into this offensive system. I wish he would just be let lose. I think that this could be an opportunity for him to kind of redeem himself if they will just cut the cord and allow him to run around out there. I don't suggest that you start him in any leagues. I don't. I think this is going to be a downgrade to a lot of the offensive weapons because we saw a little Anthony Miller getting used a little bit more in that Chicago Bears offense. And we talked about Mooney, I believe his name was uh, for the Bears as well, getting some run. But I, look, I, I wouldn't start anybody uh, in that Chicago Bears offensive scheme except Allen Robinson. Jimmy Graham is one of those offensive weapons where he has to catch a touchdown. He's touchdown. Dependent, and then David Montgomery is coming back, which I do do think I'm a little attracted to because of this Green Bay Packer defense. JB,
1: yeah, I would I love starting running backs against Green Bay, but David Montgomery is so mediocre. Mediocre Montgomery, like I, I, you want to start him, and I think he's a low end RB two option because he gets the volume and it's a good matchup. But I'm not excited by it. Um, With Mitch at quarterback, Wes, I do think that I'd like Mooney a little bit more with Mitch at quarterback because we've seen Mooney run good routes and get open deep and Foles not be able to hit him and throwing the ball nowhere near him. And in this matchup with Jair Alexander, one of the best cover corners in the league, likely shadowing Allen Robinson, Mitch is going to need to look elsewhere. And I think that could be good for Darnell Mooney on the other side. So I, I think Mooney could be a good sneaky play this
0: week. I don't know. I I put a I, you give me a rusty Mitch Trubisky. And you give me a mediocre, at best, wide receiving core for the Chicago Bears and a great defensive backfield who's getting healthy for the Green Bay Packers, and I just don't want to start any of those receivers, to be honest with you. I'm scared about even starting uh, Allen Robinson this week, but he's kind of bulletproof at this point. you got to start A-Rob if you have him. As far as the Green Bay Packers go, I know the Bears' defense looks really good. I have a theory, though. You want to—can I— Let's hear it. You guys know I like conspiracy theories. The only way that Nagy gets fired is if they lose to the Green Bay Packers. And let me just tell you, if they end up losing to the Packers 42 to nothing or something like that, I, he's gone. He won't even he won't even get on the team bus. Okay, it just it just won't happen, and so I wonder if the Chicago Bears players don't really have it in for Nagy at this point, and they really lay down in this game so that they get demolished by the Green Bay Packers, and then we see a coach firing, and uh, that that's that's my theory. That's my it might be my hidden desire. And I, I you know, I I like Nagy, I like his offensive scheme, I like the man that he is because he is one of those guys that can get you pumped up. I think if you talk to him personally because he's just he's a good man, it seems like, but I'm not sure that he can find a role as a head coach in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that they really have a chance to beat Green Bay this week anyway. So if that's, you know, your theory, then it should spell doom for him coming into this matchup against a, a healthier, rested Green Bay team that has a lot of weapons that I don't think Chicago is going to be able to stop.
0: No, I don't think so either, even though their defense is, is there and they have played pretty tough and everything uh, throughout this year. I just, I look at it as an opportunity for them to take their own lead and take their own destiny in their hands, the players that is. And, and that's what I see happening here. So I'm not repelled against any of those uh, Green Bay Packers, except for maybe Tonian, right? Maybe maybe Tonian?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they're going to run the ball a lot with Aaron Jones. I think it'll be a good game for Jones, and I think Rodgers to Adams will connect many a times. Um, you know, MVS out of the slot has been halfway decent, but I, I don't know that I'd want to start either MVS or Lazard. Right. As we talk about most of the time we do with, with Green Bay, it's going to be that three-headed monster of Rodgers, Jones,
0: and Adams that I'm sticking with. Yeah, I think you got to stick with those guys. And the last game, which I think is a very intriguing game for Monday Night Football, I don't believe we we kind of skipped over that Pittsburgh Steeler Baltimore Raven game. I don't think that that's going to be moved anywhere in this time frame. I think this is going to end up happening next Thursday night, probably. If we're, I don't, I don't know. There's so many different scenarios of how they're going to end up juggling the schedule. I almost wish that they would just kind of make Baltimore forfeit this game, JB.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's 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 a murky situation that the NFL was hoping that they wouldn't have to deal with. You know, like they're, they don't want to have to move or, or have another week added to the schedule. Mm-hmm. So the previous COVID issues they were able to resolve because bye weeks hadn't happened yet. But now these teams have had their bye weeks, so they don't know how to resolve this. But you're right. I don't think this game gets played. I mean, J- Lamar Jackson just tested positive. We know the running game has tested positive. So... There's a lot of COVID going on in Baltimore and I think it'll be a bad look for the NFL if they try to push for this game to play because it's just it's putting people at risk. So I think that they might have to do something to push yeah. this game back. Adam and Schefter think- said that Ra- I'm sorry, Schefter tweeted this morning or last night that Ravens players were told today by John Harborough that they won't be able to get back in the training facility until Monday at the earliest. So I don't see mm-hmm. how they play a game on Sunday
0: you know with that situation too there's a lot of people throwing the San Francisco 49ers game in there when they got run out of the building by the Green Bay Packers it, look this is the year 2020 and we have to have a learning curve in a lot of this and and at that time i think the nfl even maybe thought you know let's just run with the game let's see how it turns out you never know and I think they learned something from running a team out there uh, with a lot of COVID issues like the San Francisco 49ers were that week. And the NFL has probably learned, hey, we don't need to do that again because that was just bad football and that's bad product to put out there on the field. So, yep. it, it, you know, it's almost like, you know, give the give the NFL a little bit of break. We give everybody a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. They're trying. They've been doing actually a fantastic job of being able to get this NFL product out there for us. And I'm so glad that it's there so we didn't have to concentrate on all the other things that are. Going on in the world today, and we have a little distraction for the NFL games going on.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and they have done a pretty good job with it. So I hope that they don't ruin it by making a bad decision on this game. So we'll yeah. play this one, Wes, as if it's not going to happen, because I don't see how it is going to happen. So if it does go into next week, we'll talk about it next week, or if they yep. add another week to the season, that's when we'll talk about it. Um, I don't think this game plays this week, so we can roll right into that final game and, and put a bow on this. Beautiful podcast by talking about how the Seahawks are going to beat up on the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Yes, I think that they are as well. Uh, the the real question in this game, is Carson Wentz at some point going to get benched for Jalen Hurts?
1: Uh, I don't think so, because Jalen Hurts isn't really better. You know, I mean, if they had uh, Justin Herbert as the backup there or something, then you might want to make that change. But even if Wentz is not the answer, I don't think the answer is behind him either.
0: Okay, all right. Well, that 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 made it pretty simple. As far as the Seattle second uh, the wide receivers go, we love starting DK Metcalf every week. We love starting Tyler Lockett every week. And this might even be a David Moore week, JB.
1: It could be. I mean, I, I love Lockett's matchup this week, and I love DK as a player. You know, DK is likely going to get the Slay shadow. You're probably going to see the Darius Slay shadow on Metcalf. But Matt, DJ, DK Metcalf is matchup proof, so I'm not mm. afraid of it. I love Lockett against Nikkel Roby Coleman, though. He's been one of the most beatable slot cornerbacks in the league. And Lockett's been one of the best slot receivers in the league. So I think both of them have solid matchups. But you're absolutely right. If that leaves David Moore with Avante Maddox on the other side, they all have good matchups. So I think this is going to be a let Russ cook game where he could throw for four touchdowns.
0: Well, and that makes me not even want to ask you who's going to be in the backfield for the Seattle Seahawks. It really looks like Chris Carson's injury is a little bit more concerning than what we want to let on or what, what Pete Carroll wanted to let on.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, he was a game time decision three weeks ago, and he hasn't played since. But I do think that he's trending towards coming back this week. We won't know until you know, likely later today, or maybe even you know tomorrow, or maybe they'll make him a game time decision again. But I, I, if he plays, I, I like to put him back in my lineup. But again, I think that this is such a great matchup for the passing game that they might not need him to be too involved. So it might be a good ease him back in type of game where Russ throws for four touchdowns.
0: Look, they want him healthy for the playoffs because they know they're going to need him. And yep. they were a completely different team whenever Chris Carson was in there. So why even jeopardize it? Let's bring them back. Let's make them healthy. They're, they're, they have a 7-3 and three record, so they're going to make the playoffs pretty easily. On the flip side of things, the Eagles have a 3-7 and seven record right now. And I don't know that they know what's going on anymore. It, it seems really strange whenever you look at this wide receiving quorum of Fulgham, Rieger, and Ward. And you have a healthy Alshon Jeffries nowadays, but he's not getting any work. This really looks like a Rieger kind of wide receiving core nowadays, JB. But I don't think you can trust any of them right now.
1: Yeah, and I I said that to you the week that that they brought um, Alshon Jeffries back, and you were worried about him taking away receptions. And and they made it clear when Fulgham was having his breakout – Fulgham plays the extra receiver, and that's the position that Alshon Jeffrey plays. And the team made it clear that Fulgham has earned that role now. So it's kind of made Alshon take a back seat. And I do like Regor's matchup. You know, obviously the Seattle secondary has proven to be beatable. We know that Philly is going to be playing from behind. I don't really trust Carson Wentz that much because he's been having a rough go of it at quarterback. But I do have Regor as one of my sexy flexes this week. And I think he has the opportunity in this matchup playing from behind, having to have pass volume. I think he'll be able to get, you know, six, seven targets and get into the end zone as, as a good double digit flex play for you.
0: Okay, that sounds like a good winner. I believe so as well. I think I, I, I like Rigor as well. What about Zach Ertz though? Goddard, you got Rodgers in the in the tight end position now. I think Ertz is coming back this week.
1: I don't know if he is. Um, I I even if he does though, I do like Goddard. Goddard has proven to be a, a bit of a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. So I think that you know his. You've seen it the past two weeks. He's had he's led the team in in target share. So. Wentz likes throwing the ball to him because he sees what a matchup nightmare he is. So I I will stick with Goddard as an option out of that passing game.
0: All right. That sounds like a winner, JB. We're putting a bow on it because this is Black Friday. So a lot of people are out there shopping. Are you a big PS5 guy or Xbox guy or anything?
1: No, I mean, I'm a PlayStation guy over Xbox, but I don't play a lot of video games. You know, I'll play, you know, sports games every once in a while. I'll play Madden. I'll play NBA, but I don't play very often. So I'm not going out there and spending $500 on a new system or $1,000 on a new system. Just I I won't do it. But I mean, hopefully being Black Friday, people are out there shopping and, you know, we got people sitting in their cars a lot listening to podcasts and we can get them out some Fantasy Magnets this afternoon to listen to.
0: Yes, make sure you share this this magnet podcast with your friends as well, uh, or your family, whoever you want to share it with, and make sure you enter this contest, the magnets and mug contest with our partners Viridian Global and Mugs Fly Together. We can all you gotta do is follow J B. You got to follow me. You got to follow at Mugs Fly together as well. To tell us which kind of mug that you'd like to be able to have. And we're going to, we'll be able to choose from all those different contestants and all those different participants in this contest. And we will send you a baseball jersey from Viridian Global and a mug from Mugs Fly Away uh, together. And that we look forward to being able to reward the Fit family for all their hard work and dedication during this time.
1: Yes, sir. Love our listeners. Love our friends and Happy to be able to give back to them since they've been supporting us for all these weeks, Wes.
0: You can head over to JB's Twitter handle and find the posted or the pinned Viridian Global tweet to be able to find your fantasy magnet gear there at Fantasy Coach JB. You can head over to my Twitter handle as well at Loafinit and also to the show at FI Today with a little underscore underneath it. And you can find all the different kind of hosts that are listed there underneath the bio. Don't forget to head over to Anchor FM. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. There's links there to be able to share this with people, not only on Twitter, but you can text it to people as well so that they can subscribe to the podcast. If it happens to be on the iTunes network or the iTunes app. Make sure you slap those stars around and leave a review, leave a comment as well. We always love to hear from you. But more importantly than all those things, especially during this time of year, we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.